Hello, and welcome to All the Gospel, a sermon podcast from Kirksville Assembly of God. We are happy to have you as a part of our listening community. Thank you for joining us as we explore the Word together. Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. You can also uh, put a marker in Deuteronomy 27 and Matthew 5. Uh, we'll be also there if you, uh, if you want to get a head start. Have you ever said or done something that you immediately knew was wrong? Or, or maybe you thought it was right, but it took someone else confronting you to change your course? As humans, we have this tendency to make a mess of things. The Bible refers to this mess as a curse. Today, we need to figure out how to not become the curse so that we understand how to not get a letter. Let's read Galatians 3, 1 through 14. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those who faith uh, it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Let's stop there, verse 9, and pray. Lord, help us today to learn uh, from this your word that you've granted to us. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing and not a curse. So in, in the first nine verses there, we, we have some questions that, that Paul is asking of the Galatians. Verse 2, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? This and all of them actually are a rhetorical question, and it implies that they heard by faith, but they were reverting back to works of the law. They were believing in Jesus and trying to behave like Jesus. Uh, this is the first time Paul mentions the Spirit in Galatians, actually. He hinted at his work back in uh, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 8, uh, but didn't mention it by name, just said, He who worked through Peter for apostolic ministry. But this is the first time he explicitly mentions the Spirit. And he'll mention the Spirit uh, several more times in the end, uh, up until the end of the book. Uh, just right here in verse uh, chapter 3, the first three verses, the Spirit is mentioned three times. Uh, and then on from there. So the Spirit becomes uh, very important in the last portions of Galatians. And the, and the receive the Spirit seems to be actually the desired outcome, the number one concern for Paul. Even the answer to the question implies that God would justify Gentiles so that they can receive the Spirit. That being blessed along with Abraham is to actually receive the Spirit. So the Spirit plays a crucial role in the life of the follower of Jesus. The question, by works of the law or by hearing with faith, this is Paul's concern in writing the entire letter. In leading up to this point, 
Paul has made it clear that his gospel has come from God, not man, chapter 1, verse 11, and that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, chapter 2, verse 16. So that he has already, he has already answered this question, but Paul has turned his attention directly to the Galatians right at this point. And to call them foolish, senseless, thoughtless, stupid, stupid, uh, superficial about their, their denial of the existence of, of, of God, uh, to ask who has bewitched them, that is in the New Living Translation, who has cast an evil spell on them, who has hypnotized or cunningly deceived them. Because before their eyes, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. The New Living Translation says it this way, For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had a picture of his death on the cross. Oh, they weren't there. They were in, they were in um, modern-day Turkey while Jesus was being crucified in Jerusalem. But the point is they knew better. He calls them out in his follow-up questions. Verse 3, he says, Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was even in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? The answer is buried within the question. If indeed it was in vain, he says, they must have suffered for the cross already. Your suffering for the cross was not in vain. Also, that word could be translated as experienced. Uh, you, you, had, you, had super, you had spiritual experiences. Were those in vain like the miracles? He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Believe here could be, be better translated as loyal to. So we read it as, just as Abraham was loyal to God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham had no written law to work with. He could not have even been righteous by works of the law because that didn't exist yet. So how did Abraham get to be called righteous? Came through his loyalty to God. But Paul comes out and says it in verses 7 through 9, those of faith are sons of Abraham. Here, Paul is explicitly saying that our loyalty to Jesus is what makes us sons of Abraham. And implying it is not following the law or getting circumcised that does it. Those of faith also implies anyone who has faith. This is really inclusive. It's really inclusive. It sets up the list from chapter 2, verses uh, 28 and 29. Chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. So it sets up those verses from chapter 3, verse 28 through 29, where he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Anyone. It certainly includes Gentiles, as all nations will be blessed by Abraham as their father. Paul's talking to them right now. So then, in verse 9, So then those of you who are of faith, are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. 
The scriptures foresaw the inclusion of Gentiles even ever since Moses penned the words about Abraham thousands of years before this. And in fact, even before that, since Abraham received and relayed this message to his people, you don't need to be circumcised to be children of Abraham. You don't need any other work of the law to be children of Abraham. You need only to be loyal to and have faith in Jesus. You might be thinking to yourself, oh, good good thing I'm not a Galatia, a Galatian. <laughs> no, oh foolish Kirksvillians, who has bewitched you? We are just as bad at thinking that our works will save us. Therein, in in uh, the rest, thirteen through uh, uh, ten through thirteen here. Let's read those verses. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by the things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, because they must do all things written in the book of the law, but no one could ever do that. The Old Testament is examples of people trying their very best, some of them, to fulfill, to complete, to do all the law, and they just can't do it. No one is justified before God by the law. No one is justified by God, uh, before God by their behavior in a modern sense. Good personism, individualism, legalism. We cannot get to God on our own. The law is not a faith. The law is not a faith. It, the law is to trust in our own ability to be a good person uh, or our ability to trust in uh, something other than Jesus to redeem us. To think of some other person who could, who could save us from our situation, our sadness, our loneliness, or whatever. People know there is a problem with the world. That's obvious. What is less obvious is how to fix it. But the real problem isn't even how to fix it. The real problem is this curse that we're under. So Deuteronomy 27 through 29 helps us understand what Paul is talking about here. We don't have time to read through all that, but uh, go back and look. I'll highlight some parts in verses uh, between verses 15 and 26, but read through that. Uh, Deuteronomy gives us a long list of cursed bees. Cursed bees. Uh, so just in chapter 27, verse 15, cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image an abomination to the Lord and sets it up in secret. Verse 16, cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. 19, cursed be anyone who perverts justice due to the migrant, the fatherless, and the widow. Verse 26, cursed be anyone who does not confirm all the words of this law by doing all of them. And all the people said, amen, they're going to do them. But what if you miss one? You're cursed. What if you tried and you got all of them, but you didn't like fulfill all, you didn't, you failed to do it? Cursed. But Sean, Sean, look at chapters 28. Or, yeah, chapter 28, verse 1 through 7. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We love this part.
28, 1 through 7 says this, And if you faithfully obey the voice of uh, the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field, and blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your kettle, and the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Yeah, we love that part. It goes on through verse 14 too. We also love to skip past the verse at the beginning. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments. Or or we love to misinterpret this and think we do all because we change the definition of some of the laws to suit our particular cultural needs. For example, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We think as long as we don't say, oh my God, we're keeping this command. Or if we don't get tattoos. Or if we don't mix fibers. Or the migrants should follow the laws and then they'll get justice. We don't eat pork. Yeah, never mind on this one because uh, we have refrigerators, so we make an excuse on that one. Uh, when When all we've done... In reality, is set the bar as low as possible so we could keep stepping over it with ease and therefore be holy by our own definitions of holy, not God's, our own, and therefore we could keep all of his commandments by minimizing the hurdle itself. And what happens if you don't do all his commandments? What happens if you don't do all his commandments? Well, let's look at Deuteronomy 28, uh, 15, just through 24. But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, or be careful to do all of his commands and statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground and the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. That's good. Through 19. See, we don't, the outcome of this is, is definite. If you don't do all of them, cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. Now, our our Hobby Lobby does not print these verses on driftwood to hang on our walls because none of us would hang these on our walls. But why don't we? Why don't we? Is it not true? Is it not the Bible? It's our culture. We've been told for so long that we can do anything with hard work and a good attitude. We might need a little encouragement along the way, but you can do anything you set your heart to. But we know deep down that is a lie. We constantly fail at this. We feel the pressure of it bearing down on our shoulders, and we have to keep trying anyways because it's the American way. It's the expectation. Society expects it. Oh, but Sean, enough. Isn't this where you tell us about Jesus? 
Why, yes, it is. Uh, But Jesus makes the problem even clearer. Let's go to Matthew 5. Verse 17. He says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes... One of the least of these commandments, uh-oh, and teaches others to do the same, uh-oh, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, this is the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching on the hill. And does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. It is literally impossible to behave this way. It's impossible. There are some people who view the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount as like, oh, this is just in a, this is just the way that you'd be good and stuff like that. Uh, and they think it just is possible to do this. I do not fall in that camp. I fall closer to the impossible despair. I read this and I just can't do it. Uh, camp, we can't save ourselves. We can't look at this and say, ah, I can, I can do this. I can work through it. No, we can't save ourselves. We need to stop trying to save ourselves. Back to Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Now, let's start verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse. Verse 14. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. See, it was never God who was cursing us. The trajectory of humans since the fall has been downward. Falling is the normal course for human behavior. Falling is the standard trajectory of human life. But Jesus reversed it. When humans cut him down on the cross, he didn't fall. He rose again. When we die with Christ, we raise with him as well. Baptism is a symbolic representation of death, us hitting the bottom of our fall. But since we die to self, We live to Christ. Jesus became a curse for us so that we might become more like him. See, here's the thing. Did you receive the spirit by your own works or by hearing with faith? Yes, by hearing with faith. Today, you've heard. But what are the faith components? Mental affirmation? Sure, you've got to agree and believe this, but we've got to go beyond that. 
We've got to pledge our allegiance to Jesus. Then we've got to embody the loyalty. It's not enough to just pledge it allegiance and then just live however we want to every other day. We need to embody the allegiance. We need to embody the loyalty. That is, we believe in Jesus, we become more like Jesus, and we behave like Jesus. This is not a one-time, three-step program. It's a lifetime of repeating these steps of faith in our daily walk with our Redeemer, the one who redeemed us from the curse. The curse we brought upon ourselves way back in Genesis 3. And the curse we live out daily, choosing the tree of good and bad, until we believe, become, and behave more like Jesus every day. So the component I want to highlight today is become. How do we become more like Jesus? The Spirit makes it possible. Again, read Galatians 3 through 6 for more information and then come back to church with that knowledge. We get to know Jesus, who he is, what he did, what he does do, what he wants to do. We spend time with Jesus in prayer, in his word, with his people. I want to give you some time this morning with the Holy Spirit, a time to reflect on what we've heard, a time to commit or recommit to Jesus, a time to receive the Spirit or to hang out with the Spirit if you've already received Him and let Him speak into your spirit. If you want special prayer, uh, come up and pray with one of the prayer team. Otherwise, if you want to spend this time alone with the Spirit, just come and kneel. Come and spend some time with God this morning. Let's pray. Let's pray.